and welcome to another episode of Signs, Cosines, and Tangents. I'm Jared. And I'm Sean. And this week, we're going to talk about our E3 predictions on the eve of E3. It's already started. I was going to say, E3 kind of started yesterday. We're going to make predictions about a show that's going to happen tonight when we're recording this. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the first press conference out of the gate. Yeah. In depth. In depth. In depth. Because we can report on that, right? We can. Um, But we'll probably start off, before we dive into that, we should probably start off with a a news item that hit as soon as our last episode was published. Uh, Our last episode being on emulation and emulators. Yeah. And then there was a big news item this week about the uh, At Games putting out a new version of the Sega Genesis emulation console. The flashback. Yes. And... I don't know about you, Jared. I actually own one of the flashback models. I have the Atari one. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's not a bad thing. It's it, it it didn't have the ability to up-res. It connected using a traditional video input. But it looks really bad to play combat on a 60-inch LCD TV. Yeah, those games don't scale well. No. They look a lot better on a small CRT that's about, you know... The size of a tablet screen. with ghosting in the background. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is uh, this is not the first time they've released one of these products. No, they seem to be doing iterative iterative releases on these, adding features and games. And this one, I think they took a a play note from what Nintendo didn't do. The Sega mm-hmm. flashback console is going to have eighty five games. It's going to come with two wireless controllers that look just like the Sega Genesis controllers. Mm-hmm. And you know what? For funsies, you can throw your cartridges in there too. Wow. Well, the old version had the ability to do that. It didn't have the same kind of Genesis design though. Yeah. Um, and it was wired controllers. And I think it was only like 45 or 35. Games. Yeah. And this is going to be 1080 or 720. I mean, it's going to be. Well, this will, so this will up-res. Yeah. And add the uh, scanline filtering. Yep. So this sounds like there's a lot of good news here. Yeah, this is actually exciting. So, is that games going to make one for Nintendo next, where it actually does what it? No, no, of course not. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, make the Super Nintendo flashback. Well, we may see that at E3 or the, the GameCube flashback, the SNES Classic Edition. We'll or announce the, it, and it will be sold out in five minutes. Or the Virtual Boy flashback. Yeah. <laughs> It's Nintendo. They'll probably will make the virtual. So there's form. another Atari one coming out too, right? Yeah, they're updating the Atari. They're calling it the Gold version. And there's a handheld Genesis one. Yeah. So it's interesting. All of the coverage was around the uh, one that looks like an old school Genesis, but I think that's actually more interesting. It's the Genesis Switch. Yeah. Take it on the go. You can take it on the go. It's got all the same games. But it doesn't plug into your TV. It'd be smart if they would let you just plug that with an HDMI controller or mm. cable. Well, maybe you should send a, a note to product support. Yeah, I will. Recommend that for the next yeah. version. Yeah. Okay. What's next, Sean? So, I guess we're going to start rolling into our E3 Predictamamos. Really? That's not a word. I hear something. What, what do you... Did you forget to close the door? No. I think that's the hype train. Oh, hype. We've, we've talked about hype before. We have. But now we get to experience. We get to live it 
live we on the We need to exploit rails. it is what we're doing. Because that's the only reason anybody would listen to this episode is to hear what kind of inane ideas we have about the stuff that we don't know anything about because nobody's announced anything that we don't know about that we know. I have an announcement coming out that we're going to be making an announcement later. Could you put that in the trailer? Uh, we're doing a press release so you know when it's going to happen. Okay. Well, with that in mind, let's start with the Microsoft Scorpio. Yes. Tell me more. So we've talked a little bit about this in, in past episodes and kind of hedging our bets. Do we care? Do we know care? When we talked about 4K gaming, we talked about it. And I still think that I'm not sure what it's going to deliver at this point that is different than the Xbox One. Um, there's been a lot. We, there's been a lot of press about hardware specifications, the amount of RAM it uses, how it can do caching to make faster load times. But okay, when we get down to it, is it a game console or is it a PC? Well, does it allow me to modularly add new components as time goes on? See, we don't know yet, and there's some rumor that you know it'll do everything for you, like the Swiss Army knife of consoles, but. I don't know how that's a sustainable thing for them to do. Um, maybe it will be, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, that's that's very different thinking for somebody like Microsoft, who's traditionally about trapping people in a hardware ecosystem, just like Sony does. Actually, both of them do it. Um, what advantage would that have? Do you think? Which part? Adding the ability to be modular to be upgradable. I think it's a cost thing. I mean, if they can keep a platform that they can update over time, then, you know, it's like update a processor, update a video card, update your hard drive. If they can, But the problem that a lot of people don't realize with that is those three things are reliant on a motherboard. Yeah. You have to have and the those, same bridging technology. Those uh, don't upgrade very often. Or when you do, you just replace it. So it's Actually, a matter of what future proofing they can do can they make a console literally last for a decade but keep those you know releases? so putting the engineering hat on for a second yeah they'd effectively have to create their own interface on their own motherboard that was agnostic of the way that modern computers interface with cpus and ram and memory and right. hard drives and i think you'd be okay with things like hard drives right so you yeah. have a standard interface it's been pretty standard for a while now but RAM changes every few years, and oh. hard drive – I'm sorry, I said hard drive again. I meant CPUs. CPUs change almost every six months, especially the Intel. They've already announced their next generation of chipsets and the nine-core processor Yep. for home processors. Better it's going to cost $4,000. Well, they always cost that. The i7 was insanely expensive when it first came right. out. And the new architecture, so we've seen Sandy Bridge and Cabby Lake and, you know – if you follow any of the hardware press, you see that they keep mentioning these different versions of hardware all the time. The problem is that they may use the same socket, but they don't use the same instructions all the time, and they change over time. How would you do that with a console? I don't know. And we're speculating. Speculating. I, I, I think all we're going to see is a beefed-up Xbox One that fixes all the problems of the previous one, and... We see a couple developers show off the raw power of the console or things that I think we'll see a few surprises of mm -hmm. games we weren't expecting, um, but they'll be totally targeted towards the hardcore, the hardest of core. 
So let's step back a but, little bit from the hardware talk around the yeah. Scorpio and talk about games. Right, games sell consoles. Yeah, and what does Microsoft have that's an exclusive in their hands that isn't Halo or Gears of War? Right now it's Crackdown, which they've announced when the Xbox One launched. Which was five years ago. <laughs> and it was supposed to use the power of the cloud, and it was supposed to be real-time interactive worlds, and, and we haven't heard anything, really. We've seen one or two flashes that it seems like it's still a thing. And we've seen them cancel other games, like Scalebound. Yeah, I was really excited for Scalebound. But we've heard them say nothing about Crackdown. So do you think that's our big seasonal game? We know it's not going to be a Halo game. Crackdown is not a huge game. I mean, those games had a good core audience, but Mm -hmm. they were never mainstream. They were never system sellers. They were like, oh, Crackdown exists, but... I played the first one and got tired of it after about two hours. So I kind of see Crackdown as the evolution of Spider-Man 2 because it's the same gameplay Mm -hmm. or even like Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction, which you take those two gameplays and you make yourself in a generic superhero in a city fighting bad guys. Yeah, but we've seen good games in those genres like... uh... Infamous? Oh, infamous. Both the infamous. Yeah. All of the infamouses. Um, infamai? Is that the word for it? What's that? Infamai? In- infamai, yeah. <laughs> and what those games do really well is they keep your character limited in what they can do, and they base the difficulty more on how you interact with the environment and not just overpower yourself. If I remember correctly, the first crackdown was after you collect enough orbs or things, you just became OP and destroy everything. And those games that runs dry real quick, just like the other uh, game that came out the same time as infamous. What was that called? The prototype prototype. That was another game where you got to a scale where you were just completely overpowered. And all they did was, Oh, you've faced four and five tanks at the same time. We're going to throw eight tanks at, you know, like it was, it wasn't fun. So, I mean, I'll be curious. I think, yeah, we've been a, almost a decade separated from the last Crackdown game. So, I mean, hopefully they'll take those influences. And who's the developer for Crackdown? I don't remember, honestly. Because so, they I haven't mean, talked about it in like 17 years. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time. So, my hope is we haven't seen anything. So, maybe they're, you know, these are just worries I don't need to worry about. So, is it a game concept that's kind of burned itself out? I mean, look at Saints Row 4, which... I love Saints Row 3. It's kind of insane, right? Saints Row 4 was great until they made the game not actually need you to drive any cars ever because you could fly and had super speed. And Yeah, I mean, those, like I said, those those aren't fun. After, if you do, it can do it all the time. It's not fun. It's like, remember Half-Life 2? No. You, you remember Half-Life 2. <laughs> when you get to the part where the gravity gun... Or just gets breaks OP the game and it breaks the game. Yeah. It's fun, but you know what they did smartly? You don't get to keep that. It's fun for that part of the game and then it's gone forever. Right. So I mean with those kinds of games where you level up and I mean the environment and enemies have to scale with you. So I mean if you you're fighting street thugs in the beginning and then maybe maybe later in the game you're fighting skyscraper sized monsters, it might be fun. But hmm. so Microsoft's conference will be shortly after we post this episode. It will so be. the data that we're talking about may all be blown out. Um, yeah. But I think it comes to a point, which is 
leading into this conference, I'm not sure that other than the Scorpio, there's a lot to talk about. Maybe this is a hardware year instead of a software year, but software run out? sells consoles, like uh, you mentioned. Who's going to run out and buy a $500 or $600 console? I think if they're going to make the Scorpio thing, they're going to have to have a ton of stuff behind it. And for this year. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is that stuff only going to run on Scorpio? Are they going to adopt the PS4 Pro uh, model where developers can add things and make it run better, but they're basically developing for both? Well, it's interesting you say that because I have a PS4 Pro and I have a PS4, original launch PS4. And, you know, I bought the PS4 Pro because it had one terabyte hard drive, not because I really needed the extra horsepower. And I don't have a 4K TV and we talked about 4K again. Um, I don't know that I have seen or noticed a difference in any of my games. Even the ones that have been optimized for the PS4 Pro. So it's a great marketing lead to say it's a more powerful PS4. And I believe that it is. I I mean, it's got better hardware. Right. The load times are a little bit shorter. That's probably the one thing I've noticed. And I think that's probably the one thing that the Scorpio is going to claim too, right? I don't know. I mean, I feel like I feel like Xbox has had a year to see where the PS4 Pro went and what Sony did with it. I think to distinguish themselves more, they're gonna have to do more. They're gonna have to do something yeah. that we are not expecting. And well, especially when they countered all the marketing on the PS4 Pro with the Xbox One S. Yeah, saying it already does 4K. Yeah, which it actually doesn't for gameplay. It does for video. Right. Um, but it, it's. I don't know. We're, we're in this weird position, I think. And we were talking about this before we uh, started recording, where it's only been five years since these consoles launched. It This whole hybridized console launch thing, I'm not sure I'm okay or understand it. Well, I think they're trying to keep March with the PC market. The question is, are they going to be able to do that where you buy an Xbox One game that's going to run on the future console. So the right? Game Anywhere stuff, I could see that being that kind of a model. Yeah, and that was a good, that was a good but uh, thing really from last year. But they haven't really done much with it. Yeah. I mean, I've got two Game Anywhere titles. I canceled a pre-order for another title that I found out was going to be Game Anywhere, um, which was a game I was going to buy on the PS4, and now I'm going to buy on the PC with the Game Anywhere from the Microsoft Store. store rather. So that I can play it on the three six or the Xbox One, um, just because I don't want to buy it twice, because I always buy those yeah. games twice. Right. So there's the advantage from a commercial perspective, but I don't see it swaying huge numbers of players for cross-platform games. Yeah, and Sean and I were talking about this before the the episode here. We're no longer in next gen; we're in current gen. So the yeah. question is, are these next gen or these next current gen plus? I mean, uh, I think we're effectively current current gen plus. Yeah. Um, and maybe this is because these manufacturers think they make all their hype on hardware. It's it's not. It's about the games. Yeah. And but Microsoft's think, already had their head beat in well, a few y- times. You about and that. I, I think we all the things that we differ on, we're pretty much in the same place in that. But there are mm-hmm. people that are very hardware driven. They're focused on how many quadriflops of terabytes <laughs> of their flux capacitor could do. Uh-huh. Um, and some of those people are PC gamers, right? PC gamers, you have the people that are 
upgrading their system every three years, keeping tabs on video cards. And then you have me, who's on the complete opposite of that spectrum, where I just buy consoles and I don't want to deal with that. I want it to work. I want it to play. And you got a PS4 Pro just mm-hmm. for the hard drive space. I haven't gotten one. I don't have an interest in getting one. Um, well, and the ultimate irony is as soon as I bought the PS4 Pro for the hard drive space, which I didn't need to, right? I could have just gone out and bought a hard drive and put it yeah, in. Yeah, they added the USB support. Then they added the USB on top of that. I mean, I could have taken... I have years of hardware experience building and tearing down PCs. Yeah. I easily could have put a USB hard drive, or not a USB, but a PCI or a SATA yeah. hard drive in there. And uh, I, I said, why not? I took a chance. Let's see. Yeah. Maybe one day, because I just updated two of the TVs in my house, too. But, but the question with the PS4 Pro is, it came out last year, 2016. Yeah. Right? Are we going to see a PS4 Pro Pro? Ultra Pro, Ultra Four Pro, Pro Plus, Scorpio, PS4 Pro, Scorpio, Scorpion, <laughs> or another <laughs> Tarantula. Hey, you know what? There's this whole VR thing that's supposed to drive all this, but that didn't take off. So well, that's another thing with the Scorpio. We've got. Well, I'm sure we're going to see them getting the VR game at this point, right? That's going to be another thing they're going to add on there. Okay, so VR is like the 3D TV of today. I. Yeah, I'm with you on that too, but some people... It's just not there yet. It's not. And when we have glasses maybe that's what Scorpio sells us on. Maybe maybe that's what Scorpio sells us on, is they have... The alternative reality stuff, the Microsoft Glass? No, not HoloLens. Right. I think actual VR, that's more AR. I know, but... And that's... But that hasn't... That's vaporware. That hasn't become anything either. Remember that really impressive Minecraft demo? Where they did the AR thing with the glass. Yeah, but who and... wants to play Minecraft with their hands? It's not... It's dumb. Well, uh, you know what I call Minecraft with my hands? Lego. Lego. Yeah. yeah. No, or Duplo. Because, well, I mean, you know, sometimes I need the bigger blocks. And that's what it is, blocks. but it's made for a computer <laughs> interface. It's me. It's not... That just, it just aggravates me because if you're going to make a VR game or an AR game, it's got to be tailored towards that gameplay. It's like when... Um, Wiggle Waggle, when we were talking motion controls, mm-hmm. and Sean is a huge fan of motion controls. Uh, no. But if you remember correctly, there were Nintendo knew their console and introduced Wiggle Waggle in new ways that wouldn't apply to old games. But then everybody else was like, oh, cool, Wiggle and Flick, Wiggle and Flick for a normal game that would be easier controlled with normal traditional controls. Right. And that for VR, we haven't seen that. VR only title that just blows everything out of the water. So I'm going to change. Yeah, topics change the subject. For you Let's move because on. Because it actually is completely tied into that. That was a great lead in. Yeah. VR games. Yeah. How, how would you like Fallout 4 VR? I think it'd make me sick. <laughs> Hear that, Bethesda? Stop. Jared's going to get sick. So I think with VR titles, I think racing titles or anything where you're driving a vehicle is well suited for VR pending so starships and yeah, cars I think that, and you know, where you're sitting and the world is moving around you, yeah. right? You're, you're controlling. I think that makes sense for a game where you're supposed to be moving and your first person doing 180 turns, you know, the entire time to see what's behind you. I don't mm-hmm. think that's fun. I mean, I think, I think there might be one or two games where it's a fun on off mode. Like we, we saw with resident evil seven, right? Right. Yeah. It's, it's optional. If you want to get into that immersive world, put on your headset, but we're not going to require you to, 
it's an additive feature for first person games. But so here's my biggest problem with VR. Yeah. I don't want to sit on my couch with this big thing on my head and these wires running out where I can't see them because I've got a big thing on my head and basically be chained to my couch by all these wires. You don't want to you don't want one of those omnidirectional uh Oh, I'd love to have one of those, but <laughs> Am I ever going to invest in that? No. There's no practical reason for it. Yeah. And I'm still waiting for the killer app, right? So Fallout 4 or Skyrim VR, as much as they're kind of an interesting idea, they're not a killer app for me. I already have those experiences. I've already played those characters. Yeah. Um, You'd have to give me something pretty interesting. And playing Elite Dangerous or, you know, something like that with VR I think is a good fit. We've talked about this. Where you don't have to move, right? You might look left or right, and then you can have the cockpit shift, and it does all of that. The thing that made VR work in that game is voice control. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you've ever watched somebody set all of that up, and I watched a streamer do this, who went out and bought an HTC Vive and wanted to set it up to play Elite. And he spent probably four hours with an expert, somebody who'd already done all of this, who was trying to help him get into the game setting up his voice controls and half the time they still don't work. Yeah. I think, I think the future is trying to outpace everything else. The technology is yeah. outpacing the software. Like we said, the software, the backbone of the experience has to be there. The technology can, I think it's moving faster than the software. Well, is. presentation and gameplay are not the same thing. Yeah. And there are some developers who know this, and others who want to make it the same thing. And I just, I don't think that it's going to become mainstream anytime soon. Um, shifting off the VR games, though, because we're talking about older game titles that Bethesda's, we already know Bethesda's announced uh, VR for Fallout 4. Yeah. They've got it up and running. They know it runs. You can imagine they can do the same thing with Skyrim Special Edition. They're the same engine, so it shouldn't be a problem. Uh, but there's supposedly two new games coming from Bethesda that are going to get announced tonight at midnight Eastern time. Yep. One of which there's been some rumors about is another science fiction setting. Uh, theoretically Starfield start something like that. Starfield yeah. or um, theoretically set in the same universe, if not the same timeline as Elder Scrolls and Fallout, which there's a lot of kind of fan speculation that Fallout and Elder Scrolls actually exist in the same timeline, uh, which I don't, I think people that's, have way too much time on a, their hands. That's a cool thought experiment, but I don't, I don't, what's the value in that? I, there shouldn't be one. Yeah. Right. I, I don't want, you got Fallout in my Elder Scrolls, right? It's like yeah. the chocolate and peanut butter argument, which could turn out to be really good, like chocolate and peanut butter, but I doubt it. I don't need that. I don't need those connected. Well, and they play completely differently. I mean, yeah, they're Bethesda games, same core engines like you mentioned, but like you have your Fallout people and you mm-hmm. have your Skyrim. I'm more on the Skyrim side. I like the Fallout games, but sometimes playing a post-apocalyptic game just is, gets to you. It just gets to you and it's like, oh, cool. I'm on I'm a radi- oh, radiation. I can't drink that. Oh, I'm on fire. My health. I got a broken leg. Like, I feel the same way playing Skyrim sometimes. <laughs> With Skyrim, it's like fire, <laughs> fireball, dragon. Anyhow, uh, um, yeah, I don't Bethesda. I think this is what their third year. This will be their third showcase. And honestly, 
since they started doing this, they are a highlight for me in E3 because A, they usually put on a good show. They usually support their older games with new content or new platforms or new ideas. They usually have a surprise each year with Fallout Shelter or something of that nature. Or Legends. Legends, Legends. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they usually have something new that we haven't seen. Like we saw Doom two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people saw it and was like, didn't know what to think of it. But that turned out being a fantastic game. And I know it's not Bethesda proper, but no, it's in that it's software as part of Bethesda. Yeah. And you know the rumor, the rumor, the other rumor is a new Wolfen's, Wolfenstein game. Yes, and the last two Wolfenstein games were really good. Yeah, the one and then the expansion. This is actually build. I think I saw a leak where that it's the new Colossus, and I think. Mm-hmm. That was leaked somewhere else on a website or something. I think they've kind of hinted at that. But the most important thing about the Bethesda conference, I think, that they've set a, a trend in doing with the last two years, they're going to announce something, and you're going to be able to get it either that day yeah. or within three months. Well, and they don't, they don't like I was reading, they don't do the hype cycle. Like we played the hype train earlier, but usually, even if it's, yeah, not this, it's going to be this fall. Right, they're gonna have a game for us this fall that we have no idea about. So, yeah, Bethesda always puts on a good show. So, um, Microsoft and Bethesda are today, and we'll come back to the schedule thing. We'll talk about that near yeah. the end, and it's posted in the show notes. So, if you're listening to this and it's still early in the week, and you want to try and catch some of these, almost all of them are being streamed. Um, there are a few on here that are not included in our list, like the Devolver Digital. At the time when I pulled the show notes, they didn't have a streaming partner. Really? They're probably on Twitch. Yeah, I'm going to imagine there. Then there's, of course, the PC gaming show is coming back this year. Which PC... I didn't watch last year, but you had some thoughts on watching Oh, it, it was year. so hard to watch. <laughs> Every year it's been hard to watch. Um, here's, and we can come back to this when we talk about EA, but I am so tired of these fake presenters. Ubisoft is horrible at this. Yeah, they've they had a... Ha- uh... Aisha Tyler do it the past few years. I remember Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, I remember. Oh, God. (laughs) I love Aisha Tyler, but you can tell when she's reading the script. It's just horrible. I am so jazzed for this. You know, I believe you actually play games. I do believe that she does. Yeah. But there's no sincerity at all. No, the the script and the preparation and just it's. It's like when you have a presenter, you want them to present as themselves. Like, yes. Here are the highlights. Present it as you will, or force feed them to say these words in these order. Um, and that's usually what they do. But I'm kind of tired of that and the influx of YouTubers and Twitch streamers who are, suddenly have all of this relevance in these yeah. events. And I don't get it. I, I, I Justine is no more valid a person. Well, then random guy 69 off the streets. To we're me. two guys on a podcast, so I mean. <laughs> but we're not professing to be, you know, that important. And no. if a company came and chased us and said, hey, would you MC the uh, Battlefront 2 premiere? We'd probably be like, why are you asking us? <laughs> oh, well, we'll get into that. But if they did, um, I don't know if they would <laughs> let us keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually, there was a slip up in the. Uh, Battlefront 2 premiere where they asked and I forget which one of the he was either an esports guy or a YouTube celebrity on the um and he said, "Well, what did you think?" and he goes, "Yeah, it was okay." <laughs> and then he caught himself really quick and he's like, "No, no, no, it was awesome. It was a great game. Oh, that was amazing." Uh, and I was like, "For a second, we had a little bit of reality. Yeah. You intrude into this marketing machine, which yeah. is E3." So, before we dive into other highlights from the E3 press conference, for EA, um, let's 
let's talk about pure speculation. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, third-party game development. So this is usually cross-platform. And then I want to come back and talk a little bit about Sony. And we may talk about Nintendo, but we all know Nintendo is not going to do anything we could even predict. Except say, oh, uh, Super Mario Odyssey is going to come out in the next two years. Ha ha ha. Now I'm the count instead of Mario. I don't know what that was. <laughs> that was embarrassing. <laughs> yes, that's the point. Um, yeah, so Borderlands 3. So there's been list. a lot of rumors about Borderlands 3. They and uh, that's the same company that brought us uh, Duke Nukem Forever. No, uh, not Overwatch. Hey, I like Battleborn. <laughs> Battleborn. Did you play Battleborn? I did not. So how can you ding it? You I, haven't played it. it. It's one of those jokes. It's just a fun game to trounce on. I It didn't interest me. Yeah, I, I just have to defend it because when I had the choice, do I play Overwatch or Battleborn? I bought and Battleborn. I, and I chose Overwatch. Uh, I actually have Overwatch also. But yeah. yeah. Um, and they're, but they're not even the games. same game. No. They're not even the same genre. But I, Battleborn... It has a great sense of humor. It has good writing. I think they pushed the personalities too much and not the gameplay. When they were announcing it, it's like this guy is a crazy mother bleeper and you know, yeah, you know, no, I think you're right. And they didn't it was like, "Well, no, no, no. Tell me about the gameplay first. What are yeah, we Yeah, you doing? had no idea what kind of game it was going to be. You had all the story setting and that's what they sold it on. Yeah. And then you find out that there's really not much of a single player. And that's kind of what I get from Borderlands. I already have that in Borderlands. And uh, we've talked about Borderlands and Destiny before. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're going to announce Borderlands 3, they've already had three games. Um, the pre-sequel, you know, one yeah. and two. They're going to have to do something big for this one, I think. They've they've had three pretty similar games with some additive touches and gameplay. So but... for me, Borderlands is just about the perfect co-op chaos game. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a single-player game with co-op functionality that actually works. Right. Um, it, isn't, it isn't built around a map. It isn't built around a scenario. It's just go into this open world and be completely stupid people with guns and shoot things. I like that. Um, that's why I like Borderlands. That's why I play Borderlands with friends. Uh, the pre-sequel wasn't my favorite of the Borderlands games, but Tales from the Borderlands, which was a spinoff, well, was that's okay. Fine. But, I mean, the universe is fun. The gameplay to me is... I don't know. I mean, if I, I, I compared that to Destiny mm-hmm. a lot personally. I know. It's, see, I don't think some people I don't, don't see very many similarities. There. People don't see the similarities, but I consider them the same thing. But I'd rather play Destiny. Destiny is a first-person shooter where you can shoot people with other people. Yeah. Borderlands is a first-person shooter that lets you shoot people with other people. For me, Borderlands is all about the story and kind of the, the well. I the think insane that's world. I think that's the difference, right? Destiny lacked a really good story a compelling story and borderlands had borderlands 2 was really good before i got my hands on original destiny not the current state of the game i wanted a borderlands style halo game yeah right where it was a little bit more serious and it has a solid science fiction setting and there's great heroic battles and all that so yeah i can see where you're going with that that isn't what we got yeah so i guess that's why i don't see it that way so i mean like i said Borderlands three, I think they're gonna they're gonna have to do something. I mean, we've had three titles. We're gonna have to mm-hmm. do something different. You know, is it going to eight player gameplay? VR. Oh God, stop. <laughs> is it vehicles or whatnot? Well, is you it make your vehicles. own character because they've had classes. I feel like Borderlands is well suited for a. You know, you design your own character. What about an MMO? 
I don't, and not in the truest sense of an old MMO, but like a massively online game like, I don't know, Destiny? some game called Destiny. <laughs> I, I think it'd be a good logical step for that game. Um, I, I also feel like the hype for Borderlands has kind of died off since it debuted. And Alien Colonial Marines was released. Yeah. That kind of gave Gearbox a pretty big black eye. Yeah. But, uh, all right. So uh, Next on your list, Spider-Man. Well, yeah, Spider-Man. Sony's exclusive. I don't think we'll get Spider-Man this year. Yeah, it's hard to say. I I'm really nervous about what Sony's going to actually. We we should talk about this a little bit, but we talk about games. Sony's not releasing any new hardware. They've released the Pro. They've released the VR. They're doing whatever they're doing in the market from a hardware perspective, and they don't the want to go too. Yeah, they're not going <laughs> to play the same game Microsoft is playing. And Sony has always pushed their marketing message that it's all about the games. You, we are where the players go. And right now, they have a sizable lead. And a huge uh, install base. Um, they've got the lead. They've got the, the installs. My problem is that they've announced basically five grade A titles for the PS4. And none of them came with any kind of timeline. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Spider-Man, God of War. What are the other two? Last of Us. Last of Us 2. The only one we've kind of heard about is Uncharted. Another Uncharted? No, the DLC. Oh, stuff. the DLC. I think yeah. it's coming out this summer, isn't it? It's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they've, they've got good, and they just had Horizon, which has proven itself to be a, a hugely successful game. Uh, obviously. Knack 2. It's been announced, it's happening, and it's going to blow everybody out of the water. Is that your prediction? Knack 2 is going to be amazing. Okay. No. Um, but So there may be some unknown gems coming, but I would just like some updates on when the first-party games are actually going to hit. Because I need to budget. I think we'll get a couple. I think we'll get some release dates. I think we'll get another trailer. for. I think we'll get more trailers. Yeah. I think with Final Fantasy VII Remake... Um, that one's not coming anytime soon. That's Yeah, that's a Kingdom Hearts one. 3, Final Fantasy oh. 7. Yeah, I mean, that's in the list, but we can talk about it now. Um there's another Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer. Yeah, and this one actually showed a lot of gameplay and a little bit of story. It looks fun, mm-hmm. but it announces another trailer in July, and that one will probably announce another trailer, and then we'll get final, f- or no, I'm sorry, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.999 repeating <laughs> Dream Drop, Super Dream, Sadness, Infinite, Distance. prequel trailer distance whatever <laughs> their naming scheme is oh, wouldn't it be amazing if it's literally just called kingdom hearts 3 that's it it'd be amazing if they could pull that off. i think it's gonna be called kingdom hearts 3 attack the darkness <laughs> um it looks good but kingdom hearts has been announced for the last 10 years so yeah and it's another sony exclusive or is that gonna it, be it's uh, not sony exclusive no, i don't think that's a good question I we'll have to the, watch for that. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Um, Cyberpunk. What is that? Cyberpunk 2077 is the next game from CD Projekt Red. Oh. Based on the tabletop role-playing game, Cyberpunk 2020, by Mike Pondsmith and R. Telzorian Games, a game setting I used to run for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and they announced it three and a half, four years ago. And for the last... Two years, obviously, they've been focused on Witcher 3. Yeah. And they've said, no, we're not doing much work on you know Cyberpunk. We're basically a one 
one game studio. We put all of our effort into making it, and hey, look what we got. Yeah. You know, Witcher 3 is a game that people are still playing, still raving about. And the DLC was in essentially a, a new game. Uh, yeah, yeah and then you got two of them, yeah. right? You know, so best value when it came to expanded content of anybody, any of the publishers lately. Uh, there was a news item that we didn't really talk about last week, or I don't know if it came out after we recorded, which is they actually got ransomed by some uh, hackers who got a hold of early design documents for Cyberpunk 2077 and ransomed and said, hey, CD Projekt Red, you pay our ransom or we release this stuff. And they put out a press release this week and said, go ahead. We're not paying you. Yeah. And by the way, it hasn't exactly flooded the internet since they put out put it right. out. So they think there was a bluff. But 2077 is is promising to be this open world science fiction setting with cybernetics and, you know, psychos and all the stuff that if you're an old cyberpunk fan that you probably love. So imagine the open world setting like The Witcher, but with the science fiction setting. Uh, knowing them, I, I mean, high expectations. Well, and it'll be the first game like this that they will have released. It's a, It easily opens itself up to more games. Um, but my biggest concern is the long gestation period. Um, yeah, well, that's that's not coming out anytime soon. No, and they've said that. They've, they've yeah. said, even if we're going to show you a little bit more this year, we may or may not. Uh, don't expect it for at least another two years. Yeah. And I'm like, we've been talking about it for six years. Oh, well. We'll wait. It's worth waiting for. I... Prefer, I mean, as long as you don't talk about games, when we talk about the hype cycle, when we talk about the Valves or the Blizzards, they're pretty much, we'll release it when it's when it's done. I prefer that. I mean, when has that turned out uh, other than Duke Nukem forever? forever. <laughs> so, know. talking about Blizzard for a second. Yeah. Hopefully we get the release date for the Necromancer plaque. Oh my gosh, yes. Diablo 3 Necromancer, give it to me. <laughs> give Well, it's on the public test round now. I know. Give it. I want to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing I will give you money for. <laughs> yes, here is my wallet. By the way, it would be even greater if you said at the end of E3 you can purchase this. That'd be smart. I don't, Blizzard doesn't really do anything in E3, though. Um, They, have they a, do BlizzCon. They don't really do. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to have any big announcements yeah. or anything. And Valve... Valve is Valve. They don't make games anymore. They just sell discount software. Yep. So I don't. I don't know with with Sony. I mean, like you said, I think they're going to be focusing games. I think they've got to give us some tangible targets this year. Yeah. We don't know what we're expecting in fall this year. Well, what did we get last year? Let's think about that for a second. So we got Horizon Zero Dawn Uncharted this year. 4. We got what? Uncharted Four. Uncharted came Four year. came out last year. Those were really the two big games. Yeah. If they just do two games and kind of push the next ones into next year, what would you think they would be? Two games this year? Yeah. And we're already And by two games, year. I mean one big one for Christmas and one like in, in February, spring. March. I don't know. I don't think God of War is coming this year. Um, I think maybe we'll get Spider-Man. I mean, we've got a Spider-Man movie coming out. It's Sony. You would think they would have some sort of synergy there. But they're not in the same universe. It doesn't matter. I mean... That's Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Yeah, while you've got the hype up. And as a gamer, if you show me an open-world Spider-Man game, I'll buy it. Well, I've been burned so many times. My favorite Spider-Man game is still the PS1 
Spider-Man game that's narrated by Stan Lee. That's the best Spider-Man game. Uh, that was a good game. Yeah. It was the first game I ever reviewed professionally. Really? It was. Yeah. What did you give it? Uh, I gave it a B rating. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you. It wasn't an A. Especially at the end. But... <laughs> um, Back when I was using letter grades for my Letter grades. At the dispatch. I was writing so for the So edgy. Yeah, it was sitting on the... Well, we, I think we told this story before. Where basically I was walking through the newsroom when I worked at the dispatch and uh, saw all these games sitting on the software editor's desk. And I said, hey, what do you do with all that stuff that they send you for free? And he said, well, we put it in the auction to raise money for a charity and, you know, because we're never going to write anything about it. I said, well, why don't we have game reviews? I mean, this is a big industry. People care about this. And this is in 2003. So... The news media and traditional news media, especially old school, yeah, newspapers didn't have a whole lot of interest in it, and it led to a you know decade long career of writing stuff about games and eventually podcasts and going to E three, which I'll never volunteer to do again, and uh, stuff like that. So anyway, moving on, let's uh, let's just move right into EA. Okay. Um, and I didn't get to watch this. I read some cliff notes, but Sean's really the one that can tell us how <laughs> how the EA conference went. EA, the uh, the lovable games juggernaut. Uh, sure. We, uh, <laughs> some of those words go in that same sentence. Uh, so what I'll tell you about the EA conference for those who didn't see it, and you can see, you know, you can watch the whole thing on on YouTube now if you want, or IGN or any of those game game websites they have the hosted stuff. Uh, but EA came out really strong with sports games, which for most core gamers, that means very little. Uh, they showed off the new Madden. They showed off a new FIFA with Ronaldo, not a soccer fan. Finally. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then they talked about, uh, NBA live coming back this year. Madden 18 has a very dedicated storyline and, the thing I'll say just to summarize all of these sports games, which if you're a fan of these games and these sports and you like playing them, hey, this is great. I mean, we're, you're living in a good era where you've got online connectivity and you can have all this fun. But all of these games are basically sports, the RPG. And it's it's a little weird from my perspective. Especially since they come out every year. Yeah, they're in an annual release cycle. And we've seen this before, right? We've seen where they do... Um, you know, the, the road or, or the, sh- well, if you look at the PlayStation for um, Major League Baseball, you have the show, which you can work your way all the way up through, you know, farm teams and you can build out your baseball club and all that. It's, I don't know. It just seems like we're getting weirder and weirder. I, it, I felt like for a lot of years, these sports games were kind of like fantasy football games or fantasy baseball games. Now we're looking at like Legend of Zelda you know, Houston Oilers edition. And you actually play through these storylines, and as you do, you earn points and you unlock gear, which of course is all merchant mer- merchandise that's, you know, co-branded and somebody's making money on. But I don't, I don't know. Is there really... I've never, as a player of these games, wanted to create my own, you know, high school football star and walk them all the way through college up through I the think big it's leagues. how in depth you are with those sports games. I think the interesting thing that I, I know that in the last NHL game I put, I bought 
was it had a whole manager mode where you're not even playing the games. You're managing the teams. I mean, it's like you said, the fantasy football aspect where you're managing yeah. the season. And it's interesting. I think it's cool. I think a lot of people get in depth. I like the people that play the season out and compare it to the end of the season, mm-hmm. like the, the simulations and all that. But sometimes you just want to play a football game. And I think that's, I think you those games have an audience with all those features, but I think they try to lump them all in one game. Whereas I, I think they should separate them out. Um, Maybe the market doesn't support it and add the arcade mode. Like yeah. we've seen them add an arcade mode, but it's well, two K used to do that with their sports games. It's it's sort of like an afterthought. They don't put a lot of time and depth into the arcade mode. They just kind of tack it on based on the physics engine of the mm-hmm. legitimate mode or whatever you want to call it realistic mode so if you're a sports fan obviously ea is the go-to for most of these sports titles and you're not going to unseat madden it's like saying call of duty is you know not going to have an annual release i was gonna say is there going to be another call of duty this year um i believe there is it's call of duty world war ii that's right everything old is new again but uh that'll be in the activision which i didn't see activision actually having their own press conference yeah, maybe they're not. I think they're just wrapping in within, like Sony and Microsoft. Yeah, but so that that was the first thing that kind of came to mind, and there were a few other games other than sports games, but the majority of this press conference was about the sports titles. And then the next thing we got was um, an introduction to a game called Anthem, which is the next from Bioware, Bioware game. Yeah, and there's a f- quick teaser for it, but it doesn't. It doesn't. Tell you know you what, what it, it reminded me of a few things. First off, if you watch the trailer, which uh, oh by the way, it's a, in that trailer they tell you to watch the Microsoft show for the actual trailer. <laughs> is they uh, talk about a wall and it's a futuristic setting. It reminded me of Destiny. That first part reminded me. of Yeah, Destiny. I thought that was weird. And it's then like the wall keeps us safe. It was like a mixture stuff. of Destiny and Evolved. Yeah, because they showed a giant monster. On Here's the other, the other wall. thing that you have to give them credit for. They can't screw up facial animations if they don't have faces. Because <laughs> the, the main oh. guy just had a helmet on. Well, and that's one thing we could talk about later. But um, there was a big expose at Kotaku this week talking about what actually happened with Andromeda. And if you haven't read it, it's actually worth reading. Yeah, bookmark. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, it's it, it's really interesting. Gives you some insights into how did Andromeda go so far off course. Yeah, and the question is, you know, with that happening, and does Bioware have the pedigree that they used to? Do they have, does that name mean stuff to us now? Yeah. Um, and especially showing us so little. And I mean, that game, I can't imagine that's anytime soon. So no, it's not going to be this year. It'll probably be in two years. I, honestly, with that kind of stuff, why even announce it if they if they have such a tarnished image now because of Andromeda? Well, and rather than readdressing Andromeda and actually talking about it and maybe putting out some good will content, they shelve Andromeda. Yeah, they're pretty much like done with it. And they should just not talk about their new game until they have something to show that's actually hype-worthy. Oh, cool. That looks like a thing. It's a CGI trailer. Yeah. I'd like to watch that. No, it looks like everything. There was nothing there. I I didn't get it. And maybe we'll get more tonight. Yeah, we might, but we'll see. Um, there was another game that I didn't put in the show notes that I need to add, what's that? which is um, a title by the developers of Two Brothers. Ooh, uh, A Tale of Two Sons? It's I can't remember what it's called. It's like 
it's basically the idea, um, it's a prison break game where you have two guys are in prison and they have to work together to break out of prison. And from I, the indie developer? From the indie developer, yeah. Yeah, uh, we haven't talked about it in the podcast, but if you audience members haven't listened or played uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Great game. You need to. Um, it's an indie title. I think the total gameplay was just a few hours. I don't think it was even five hours long. It's a platform puzzler, kind yeah. of. Um, but when you talk about storytelling without dialogue, I mean, there's no dialogue spoken in the game, and it tells a really good story. And I, I give it five stars out of uh, five burritos. I mean, it's it's really good. So I am now interested in to see what what they'll do. So there was a little bit of information on that, so yeah. you'll want to look into that. That looks like a fairly interesting Now, when concept. you say it's uh, two people trying to break out of prison, is it a single-player game? Uh, I believe it was or a single-player game, but it might be co-op. Because uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, that's a game where you control two characters, Yes, but it's a single-player game, and you can control them simultaneously. It's an interesting concept. Check it out, but I'm curious. So we'll, we'll circle back on this one and talk yeah. about it once you've had a chance to see the info. Yeah, is I there imagine an we'll actual trailer? They just talk There's about an actual it. trailer. I'll have to check it out. Yep. Um, Sean, tell me about Battlefront 2. And not the old Battlefront 2. There's a new Battlefront 2 coming out. I loved the old Battlefront 2. Really? With the war. The Empire, I, rem- the I remember when war. that game came out. It, that Talk about a hype game. That game was hyped. So I wasn't sold on Battlefront 2 until I saw some of the things. And, and, you know, everybody knows I'm a big Star Wars geek. What? Yeah. Uh, And I didn't. Well, we made fun of Battlefront. Use the force, Harry. When you loaded it on your PS4 and they had the floaty fairy. um, (laughs) Darth Vader. Darth Vader level in the Hoth scene. (laughs) He's just, when he jumps, he kind of floats (laughs) and can kill stormtroopers and stuff. That was not the Rogue One Vader. No, there were so many reasons that Battlefront didn't work. Um, But it looks like they actually paid attention to the things that all of us have been saying for the last two years about Battlefront. Things like, um, you know what? It's probably not a good idea to lock all of your maps behind paid content in a multiplayer game. In 2017. The other piece, and this is something they, they focused very heavily on in the press conference, was the single-player campaign. Yeah, and maybe you can explain this, but I don't know DICE for their single-player campaigns. DICE does not do single-player campaigns. Yeah, so it's kind of curious to see how this is going to go. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know either. But I, it may be that they just basically take the, the core gameplay of Battlefront uh, and string it together with story pieces in between the That's maps. That's not fun. Well, I agree with you, but... I don't know. So the story itself seems interesting. So the the context of this is they're basically taking the Imperial side of what happens at the end of Return of the Jedi when they blow up the Emperor. And there are these Imperial commandos down on Endor who see this. And then basically the whole galaxy goes into some form of turmoil and and it leads them up into the last Jedi force force gets up from its nap era. Yeah. Um, and it's supposedly 100% canon. So for those who care about, you know... Does that mean anything with Star Wars anymore? Or I'm not sure it does. Or a decade where... I don't know how you make a yeah. game like Battlefront in canon. It, 
Yeah. But anyway, a single player campaign supposedly 10, 10 to 12 hours. So it's not huge, That's but it's the average traditional for, an, for an FPS. Yeah, yeah. for an FPS. Um, the other thing that they've done that they heard from us is space combat will be its own thing. And I am excited about this because I was reading this about uh, before the, the episode. Criterion Games, the makers of Burnout and later the Need for Speed series, have a real uh, good history with vehicles. Oh, they did announce a new Need for Speed, by the way. I, I forgot to mention that. that. Let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> I'm excited because the I was really excited when I saw Battlefront. First off, the original Battlefront or the the new original Battlefront, Battlefront for the PS this generation. Yes, PS4 Battlefront. Um, it, it looks fantastic. That's the best. And I will thing say, it game. still looks gorgeous. Battlefront game, Two looks even more amazing. That that's what that game has going for it. Is it looks fantastic. It looks like Star Wars. Um, well, and add that that I got this Battlefield One vibe mm-hmm. as far as the the super realism. The yeah, the the scale and scale. Yeah, yeah. and. Yeah, um, but behind the vehicles, I mean, it was cool. I, I don't know how to explain it. The, the The vehicle gameplay in the first one, it was cool to watch. It was cool to see everything. It was okay to play. But it was, yeah, it was... Eh, Except you were fighting over a logo or icon, floating icons to transform, and you didn't always know which ones were where unless you played all well, the maps. And it just felt, it just didn't even feel like an arcade game. It just felt like... I don't know. So I'm 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 excited, and and part of the. But when I with... say space com- space combat, I mean space combat. Yeah. Not like you find an icon and you get into a land speeder. I'm talking the entire battle is in space. Yeah. Like you're fighting. You're trying to take out star destroyers. Space combat. Yeah. And part of uh, I think I don't know if they were inter- interviewing EA or Criterion. Something I was reading is they said half of that has to do with where the camera is. And mm-hmm. if you remember in Battlefront, the original, the camera was way zoomed out in third person. Um, you know, I think they're going to bring it closer where your vehicle takes it more space. I think you have to. And, you know, if they make it like Rogue Squadron, I'd be happy. Well, I think that's the target. It really is. Rogue Squadron was fun. Um, and I was jazzed because during the, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, they did a, the same thing they kind of did last year with Battlefield 1, where they did this 40 on 40 person mega match with youtubers and rated people and Mm -hmm. you know i they didn't bring any fake celebrities in who were like you could tell getting paid and didn't really care yeah uh i think they learned their lesson last time (laughs) but uh they actually showed this uh the assault on theed which is the planet in you know the first phantom menace right or it's not the the first film the main city of Naboo. naboo which if you played the Old old style Battlefront Two. That was one of the big maps on that one, um, and it felt kind of nostalgic for me because I liked that map. But they also had the vehicle gameplay, and one of the things they did is they had they had V wings, which again I'm a geek, and I'm like, yeah, they have V wings. <laughs> I'm excited for. I, uh, hopefully, the vehicle selection is just greater all of, overall. Because I mean, in the first one, it was like pick one of these two classes and hopefully they'll. So that was another thing that they talked about that they changed, which is as you play with a regular character, you know how you kind of got the opportunity to become a hero class. Mm-hmm. Oh God, don't start me about that. That was annoying. The hero class people would just spawn the, the spawn points for those little icons or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. It was not fun. I never got so to play. So now the way they've changed that 
is you have to earn a certain number of points in the match as a regular player. And then you have the ability to buy an upgrade. And it doesn't have to be a hero class. There's also now specialist classes or specialist vehicles. So if you want to be a V-Wing, you buy the ability to be a V-Wing. You don't have to find a floating icon somewhere on a map and camp spawn it. Um, so that was another thing that they changed. The other thing that they showed in the Theed Assault is it's a three-phased map. So there are three objectives, and the gameplay shifts amongst the three. So in the first one, it's the broader assault, and you have to kind of go into the palace as the Separatists, and you're trying to defend it as the, you know, the Nabooans. Um, Nabooians. Nope. I, I don't even know <laughs> what that, that – that's just funny. Um, and then when that round is over – you get into a more tactical assault, which means there's no longer V-Wings flying around. Instead, you now have hover tanks and ATPTs and stuff like that. And then the third one, the third phase, is when you're in the palace. And basically, it's close quarters fight with corridors. and That sounds fun. So it mixes up the combat within a... That sounds fun. Um, what was the assault mode in the first one? Was it just called assault? It was assault, yeah. That was the... One of my favorite modes in the original. Um, it was so much better than just the death match. I think th those games... I mean, we've seen first-person shooters that are going for more of an objective-based mm -hmm. thing. And, you know, it's nice to hear that they're going to make it sound like Star Wars, where you're actually making an assault on the planet and yeah. from both perspectives. So, so um, the one disappointing thing I will say about the Star Wars thing yeah. is they didn't mention any of the other Star Wars games. So there are at least two other, like, grade A Visceral Star Wars games. games. What's that? Visceral's. Visceral's, uh, and yeah. um, there's there's a role-playing game that we know is coming. Yeah. And then there's another game that they've mentioned in the last two years with some of the people that are working on it. No mention at all. Do you think they'll actually go back to, um, was it 1919? What was that one? <laughs> oh, you mean the um, Coruscant game? Yeah. I don't think so. I think that's an abandoned concept. It was a good idea. Uh, and then the other thing that they brought out, which uh, there was a lot of faux crowd interest in, was John Boyega came on and talked about how they're going to have all of the characters from The Last Jedi, and one of the heroes is going to be Finn. You know, he's like, well, where's Finn? You had Rey running around with a lightsaber, but Finn's not there. So it's they, they're adding more characters to the hero mode, too. Yeah. Characters that shouldn't actually in the scene so like on feed they had Darth Maul running around fine Makes sense. followed by Boba Fett like Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett so suspend your disbelief not Jango Fett not Jango Boba couldn't you just swap <laughs> them out to make sure they were uh, color appropriate compliant yeah. um, no they didn't so no. you do have listed here it's going to have all three eras yes. at least what we've seen so far maybe they'll have some uh, The Last Jedi content no they will added on they have there. actually said that um, and Rogue One. No mention of Rogue One, but there were Death Troopers in the videos. So Scarif and Death Troopers are probably going to be part of it at some point. And Scarif was part of Battlefront, mm -hmm. right? So you got the Rogue One content in that. I. This is maybe a minor complaint, but what I'd like them to do with these games is to do what Rogue Squadron did and show us environments that aren't in the movies. <laughs> Well, they get show limited. us something we've not seen. They but get then limited. The problem in is that. they have to stay within canon. Yeah, so. which is they can do that in the backstory stuff. So like the yeah. imperial stuff that leads up 
from the end of Return of the Jedi. There they can expand the universe because they're not going to tell a movie there, or maybe they are, but they'll tell the Imperial yeah. side that's unlikely they're going to tell that film. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to see more. But the other thing I'll say is when I talked a bit about having all these celebrities and people come out and basically marketing, talking about your game, um, I'm just tired of it. Stop hiring voice actors well, and people who aren't. And here I don't want to crap on your Battlefront, but I was as much as the there was good with the first one, there was so much bad. How many games did that, or how many levels or maps, not modes, just environments, did that game launch with? Uh, six. Six. But it had like five modes. I don't care. Same six maps. Six. So that was the piece that they also talked about. They're not doing season pass. They yeah, they're are doing iterative giving... free DLC, but how many is it going to launch with? We don't know. If they it's six, say. wait, don't buy it. They showed us Theed. That's all we it's, saw. It's just annoying for a game to come out. I don't. I just don't get it. I mean, the argument to that is your early players get really good at those maps and you release them to keep yeah. the, the base going. But for Star Wars, there's so much to work with. Agreed. But we'll have to see how it all plays um, out. It just, it's just interesting. Um, yeah. So I think that's all we've got. Uh, yeah, so we posted the E3 conference schedules. Again, they're all over every major game site. But... Yeah, and uh, I, I, I'll wait until to see what Nintendo does. I have a lot of hopes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really want to see Smash Brothers for the Switch. Just give us a deluxe version. Just, just like they did with Mario Kart. Just bring it to the portable mode with the multiplayer and call of the day. They don't need to have a new one. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to see more of Splatoon. Oh, and that's Mario. predictable. Yeah. Those, those multiplayer Maybe games. Maybe actually get some details on Mario. I think, I think, yeah, we're definitely going to see Mario. A video of him jumping into um, reality. The question is, is it actually going to come out this year? They're going to delay it. I think it'll be delayed. Um, and we've already seen, I mean, Nintendo's already released a ton of stuff that's coming out this year before E3. I mean, they've already got a packed schedule, uh, packed release schedule. Um, it may be your cup of tea, but they've got um, ARMS coming out mm-hmm. this week. They've got Splatoon coming out next month. They've got Fire Emblem Warriors coming out. They've yep. got a Mario game. They've got the rumored, um, pretty much confirmed Mario rabbits game have you seen this i've heard about it but i haven't actually it's like seen a multiplayer much. third person shooting oh, game that makes perfect sense yeah um when's the mario party coming out i don't care um <laughs> they've got a what pokin tournament pokin tournament we know we're not out. getting a real pokemon game but um yeah there was no announcement for a pokemon they did announce uh pokemon ultra moon and ultra sun yep they got that out of the way. Um, they did a, a direct this past week. They announced Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon coming out this holiday season, um, which was kind of surprising and out of nowhere because everybody was expecting Pokemon Stars. It's the right, rumor because yeah. you have Mo- Moon, Sun, and Stars, and that was supposed to be the Switch version of that game with the upgraded stuff similar to Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. We didn't see that. Did they get that out of the way to so we'd see that at E3? Mm. Here's the other thing about Nintendo. Their press or their their 
whatever you want to call it, the little video. It's only 25 minutes this year. Well, and that's really short. So I remember the days of the Nintendo press conference. They've done the Treehouse the past few years, and they've released stuff during the Treehouse. Like, hey, we've got a surprise game coming out. We're going to play it right here. In- yep. So, yeah, um, like one two switch. <laughs> oh, Sorry, had to do it. Yeah, but that was in their that was in their Switch trailer. So no, they didn't have that last year E three. That was just announced the beginning of this year. No, but it's still funny to laugh okay. about. Um. All right, let's move on to our one dumb thing. Yeah, today's one dumb thing is brought to you by me, Jared. Here's a, here's a thing I've witnessed online, and I do not understand. Spoilers. People are getting upset about spoilers for E3. Let's just think about that for a second. <laughs> You're Pe- spoiling my marketing event. Exactly. People are getting upset that people are leaking things that are coming out for E3, which is... All about leaking information. And it's all about, hey, these are things you can buy. I like when the leaks come out. It's like, oh, I don't have to wonder. I don't have to care. Um, Well, it's because I think E3 has changed from what it really was always intended to be, which is a trade show to introduce new products to the video game market for retailers. That's why the press were the only people there for a long time. Right. And, and now it's a completely consumer driven hype train. I mean, it is the hype train of hype trains. Yeah. And like you said, they have all these celebrities that have their half, their hearts half in it. And you know, they stream now. I mean, everything's it's it, this entire week will be 24 seven people streaming everything and it used to be just like here's a trailer here's some gameplay we're done for the day and now it's just an ongoing yeah cycle i mean it's like the the equivalent of a news cycle for cable news essentially but what a wonderful world we live in we live in um but seriously if you're getting upset about spoilers for marketing slow slow down you probably need to go outside yeah look at the sun <laughs> It's it's a bright ball that's outside. It might burn you if you look at it for too long, but that's better than waiting for marketing people to tell you what to believe. So um, we have the schedule on our show notes. We're going to pretty much, I mean, we had E3. That's all we had pretty much to talk about and just speculation. So we're going to have a ton of stuff to talk about next episode. But Sean, with that being said, what are your final thoughts today? My final thoughts are the same as they usually are around E3, which is don't let the hype fool you. Don't necessarily rush out there and pre-order everything you see. Pre-orders are actually kind of bad for the industry Yep, from a consumer perspective. And we've talked a little bit about that. So enjoy the ride. Have fun. Don't take this very seriously. Yeah, and don't get in arguments about with people about games that aren't out yet. Yeah, or if they'll be better or worse. Or yeah, Don't I mean, write reviews of games you see at E3. On, yeah, don't don't review E3. Nobody's going to win E3. They've already Christmas. won. Wait, you can't win Christmas because either. they're distracting you from whatever you're doing. Yeah. Um I I'm really curious. I think you're probably curious to see um what does Nintendo have for you? No, I am. They still have to win me over. Yeah. Um and and I know I have a reputation for being a Nintendo curmudgeon. And I what? Here, but that's because I've been so disappointed so many times. Let's 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 switch this around because I don't have a final thought. I agree with your final thought. Let's just take one thing, Sean. Yeah. What is one thing that would sell you on a switch? 
that is not a question I was prepared to answer. Yeah, I know. Um, they actually have one of the things coming that will sell me on the Switch, which is the next uh, Xenoblade game. Which I don't think is going to come out this year. No. no. Uh, probably... Smash. Or a Metroid game. I wanted to talk about that. I mean, we can wait till next episode, but Retro Studios mm-hmm. um, has done the Metroid Prime games, and they've done the two new Donkey Kong games. They're one of Nintendo's top second-party studios. Um, we don't know what they're doing. Yeah. We didn't get a Metroid for Wii U. Um, is this the year uh, we see M- Metroid? Metroid is, Metroid is probably what would bring me back. And will we see it this year or... And especially know, if it's like Prime. First half next year. I yeah. think so. I I really want that to happen. Though I love side-scrolling Metroidvania games too. I think they're going to do first person. I think they're going to do full sci-fi, first person Metroid. I'd love to see an expanded Metroid universe outside of just... And I tried, they, tried, they tried to do it with Other M, which was a horrible, horrible game. I was going to say Federation Force. And Federation Ugh. Force and hunters and they've got the threads of a really interesting game universe that they just can't seem to bring together. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's my thought. Neat. Well, we will see you next time when we get to talk about Nintendo. (laughs) 